You're listening to Side Hustle Pro, the podcast that teaches you to build and grow your side hustle from passion project to profitable business. And I'm your host, Nikayla Matthews-Akome. So let's get started. Hey, hey, guys, welcome, welcome back to the show. This is Nikayla here, and you're listening to the Side Hustle Pro Podcast. And today I'm back with another student spotlight episode where I spotlight the amazing podcast creators and students inside of the Podcast Moguls Accelerator program that I teach. So today in the guest chair, we have Erica McAfee, who is one of my OG Podcast Mogul students. She's been there since the creation of the program, and she's here to share her journey of growing her podcast, Sisters in Loss, through the lessons and strategies that I teach inside of Podcast Moguls. Erica is the founder and CEO of Sisters in Loss, a maternal child health hub that helps Black women replace silence with storytelling around pregnancy and infant loss and infertility. Sisters in Loss provides pregnancy, birth, postpartum, bereavement, doula, and grief services to help women step beyond anxiety and fear and into trust and peace after loss. Its self-titled podcast spotlights resilient Black mothers who share intimate details of their journey into motherhood through painful but inspirational loss and infertility stories. Sisters in Loss has gone on to be featured in Forbes, BBC News, Black Enterprise, Women's Health, The Today Show, NBC Nightly News, and in the White House. And so today, Erica is going to share how she grew this podcast and how Podcast Moguls helped her to create a show that has been so impactful and also successful. So let's get right into it. Erica, welcome to the guest chair at last. Yes, thank you. So happy to be here. I'm very happy to have you here. (laughs) So let everybody know um, what really inspired you to start podcasting? Well, I had a long commute to work and at the job at the time, it was about an hour or two hours, both directions, you know, round trip. So um, I listened to a whole bunch of other podcasts from financial podcasts to pop culture podcasts. And I was like, I can do this (laughs) at some point. Um, Obviously, I had a story to tell of my own personal journey to motherhood. And that really is what influenced me to really put myself out there and really start the Sisters in Lost podcast. So what was your initial career path? What were you commuting to? (laughs) I was commuting to and from a manufacturing facility. Um, My my background is in chemical engineering. So I've done and have been in engineering since graduating college as a shift supervisor and working in manufacturing. That is what I was doing at the time, going back and forth. Um, And still what I currently do now, you know, I I like to call myself an entrepreneur where I'm still working full time and I'm still doing my side hustle. (laughs) We love it. We love it. So when did you actually start your podcast and what was it called at the time? So I started my podcast in August of 2017. Um, And at the time it was named after me. (laughs) (laughs) And Michaela was like, no, no, no. (laughs) Um, So it was was originally the Erica and McAfee podcast. And I really started it with the intention of really trying to find my own journey to motherhood. Because at the time I was um, thinking about growing my family and I really wanted to really interview other people who had done alternative methods of growing their family, like 
through gestational carriers or surrogacy or adopting. And um, the podcast was another way of me interviewing those people to find out information for myself personally, but obviously it evolved into something so much more. And so at the time you were on a path to have an alternative method of childbirth. Is that correct? Correct. Okay. That, was, that was the goal at the time. Obviously that has deteriorated in the yes. last, you know, six, four or five years. But yeah, at the time that was the goal was to grow my family in a different way. So how, how did the goal shift? Like you, you keep alluding to it. Um, what do you mean by that? You know, how did it transform as you continue to do the podcast? Well, at the time, so I ended up going through the process of starting to to go to a fertility specialist and look about freezing my eggs, which I think everyone should do to preserve their fertility. And um, due to my traumatic birth, um, I was unable to do so. So I actually hit a roadblock where um, it was going to require like a major abdominal surgery and I didn't want to be cut open again um, Mm -hmm. after going through a C-section. So I just decided that would end there um, as far as going down the path of gestational carriers and then move towards possibly growing my family through adoption. Um, Obviously, a lot, lots have changed over the last couple of years where um, I'm no longer partnered. So obviously that is not going to happen at this time. I'm content with my one, but yeah. you know, my goal now is to help other women continue to grow their families in other ways. You know, you are just such an inspiration and always being willing to share not only your journey, but then also having conversations that are sometimes difficult. I mean, and sometimes I'm sure triggering. Now, how do you navigate that? Absolutely. Therapy. <laughs> that is how I navigate. And then also I only bulk record so okay. that I have time to decompress. Um, so maybe one Saturday or Sunday I'm recording, you know, four or five episodes and then I won't record for the rest of the month just so I can focus on what self-care looks like for me, pouring back into myself, you know, really talking about it through my therapist, especially if some stories are triggering to me, which many of them are, you know, this is yeah. a very traumatic storytelling experience. And I don't take it for granted that people come to share their stories and we create that safe space for black women. But on the other side of it, it does take a toll on the storyteller, the person who's actually yes. interviewing, yes. because you're hearing this trauma after trauma and, you know, you have to have an outlet for it to go. So I normally will talk about it with my therapist. Um, and obviously I have a circle of friends and family and other um, folks who are doing this work that I lean on if something is really bothering me and I continue to carry it with me. But self-care is huge, you know, whether it's releasing it through um, different mm-hmm. modalities like going to theater and musicals and live music. That's what I've been doing recently um, to actually, you know, um, really going out and hitting the pavement and exercising and, and doing movement therapy and just, just pouring back into yourself in all kinds of ways. So I try to do that. And I've learned to really tap into that over the last two years where I'm not recording a whole lot at once that I really bulk it in together and then take that next, the next few weeks to kind of regroup and reset myself mentally to prepare for some more traumatic stories that may be told. Mm. Well, that, I mean, I commend you for even being able to do that many at once. Cause I do like two and I'm like, because talking to someone, you know, as an introvert, like t- that takes a lot out of you. I just, mm-hmm. like, I need to just sit now with my own thoughts. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I could only imagine.
let's talk a little bit about your journey in the Podcast Moguls program. Like you are one of the earliest people to join Podcast Moguls. Like we have really um, known each other for a while now. And it was so exciting when we met at the My Taught You retreat. So it's like, I feel like I know you know you, you know. So (laughs) (laughs) what first attracted you to join Podcast Moguls? Obviously, I love Side Hustle Pro. Well, you know, well, I also feel obviously, you know, being a podcaster and listening to podcasts, I mean, that's how you start. So you are almost a student of podcasting. And even though Side Hustle Pro obviously is in a different category than my podcast and Sisters in Loss, you know, right. listening to your podcast and your interview style and how it really was inspirational to me, especially since I eventually want to turn my side hustle into something full time, um, really helped me understand exactly um, what it was. But then mm-hmm. when you started to say, hold on, I'm leaving my job. I was like, hold on, not the camera. <laughs> time I think yeah. I was probably about 20 episodes in to you know the original title of my podcast which was my mm-hmm. name and when you offered the program I was like of course I'm I believe in Michaela I'm gonna go and join her program and I want to take um sisters and lost to the next level so why not I, yeah right. I was I think I was in that first cohort that you yeah. launched in 2018 and yes. uh, wanted to make sure that I was launching the right way that I was marketing the right way that I was targeting the right audience of people um, mm-hmm. and that I will continue to grow and change and evolve in how this podcasting medium has grown really over the last four or five years. Absolutely. And I remember just feeling like after speaking to you, like this is such an important conversation and it's so important because so many people don't think don't first a lot of people don't know it happens like that is so common and then second when it happens you know that's when people start to care instead of educating themselves beforehand but then when it does happen you do want that support so there's so many layers to it and I just was like I would be honored you know to help to grow your show because this is a conversation that more people need to hear so once you joined what were some of your biggest lessons from podcast moguls the biggest lesson was obviously, you know, you want your brand name to stand out and really designate and determine exactly how people are going to find you. And obviously yes. no one knew who Erica was at the time. They know what it meant. What is this podcast about? Exactly. So to have that definition or the definitive name and brand around the podcast was a huge lesson because it really transformed how the show started to grow, the name of the show, how I wanted to brand the name. Um, Search engine optimization was a big learning for me as well to make sure that, you know, anytime that I was actually naming episodes that I was putting myself out there as that thought leader, that expert and how it was searched through Google, through YouTube. And I think that that has helped People find me because really, yes. to be honest with you, no, no one probably knows that it exists until they need it. And then when they search it, guess who pops up first? Typically, right. it's I'm on, I'm on that first page of Google because of maximizing search engine optimization and making sure those names are, are right. Um, and then the last thing I think the biggest takeaway from podcast moguls is that 
you have you have the opportunity to pivot and grow. You know, marketing is ever flowing. The yes. algorithm changes every day. Oh yes. Oh yes. <laughs> so, you know, how how um I really really over this last really 2 years, you know, as TikTok world has taken off and reels on Instagram, it's like there's so many ways to market your business, to market your podcast. Are you taking advantage of it? You know, are you really engaging with it and seeing what your target audience and your target listeners really looking for. And I think the other biggest takeaway about the marketing piece is that you're still a part of the program. So it's always jumping on those calls that you have monthly, being a part of the active Facebook group when new people come in and they're really engaged and it's a continuing learning process. So even though I paid for this course, but it's paid for four or five times over. This was, this was in 2018, you know, it's paid for itself because of the ongoing support and access to you, Nikayla. I mean, how many times I've emailed you and be like, Hey, right. Right. And and that's what I like about it, too. I always want people to feel like you can tap back in, you know, because Mm -hmm. after you've gone through, you know, your initial eight weeks, you're not going to have a question every single day. But there are times when something new comes up like, oh, um, you know, more sponsors are approaching me now. What do I do? Like I, you know, I've gone through the lessons, but what is your take on this? And I'm very, very open to that because I know that this is a new space that we're all still navigating together, especially as podcasters of color or black podcasters. Um, and we need to stick together and <laughs> we, we need to share. Yeah, so I love that you touched on the marketing because that is a huge piece of podcasting. So a lot of people get into it and they're thinking about the mic. How am I going to edit? What am I going to name my show? Who's going to design the logo? How much how important do you think that stuff is <laughs> compared to, to be the honest with you? It's not important at all. If you don't have anyone listening, it's not yeah. important at all. I think it, you know, you want to build your audience the right way. You want to know exactly who your audience is, what they like, you know, what are they currently listening to? What are they watching? You know, are they following the, the you know, certain people on TikTok? You need to know that information because those are the yeah. folks you need to go find out there. And then you can, once you build your audience up and you get a little coin, then go <laughs> get your branding done. <laughs> get right, your branding right. done right. Get your, pot, right. your your website done right. You know, you know, then reinvest in yourself. But no, it's yes. not important at all in the beginning. You all really need to find out who you're marketing to, who your target audience, who your target listener is and and that's the person you need to continually market to especially as they grow and evolve and in my in my case for my listener you know obviously I have people who come to the podcast because they're looking for that outlet that healing that hope but I also right. have people who are who are on the other side of motherhood too and they may already be mothers but they're also still grieving and they mm-hmm. still need that extra support and, and and things that are there so my target audience is very very vast but they still like the same things. We like our ratchet TV, you know, <laughs> right, right. We, we love watching TikToks or cleaning yeah. and organizing, even though we may not do it, you know, so right, I, right. I, <laughs> we like to see it. <laughs> like to see it though, right. So I know exactly who my target audience is. I know her name. I know exactly yes. what she wants. So I know how to market towards her and get things in front of her so that she can react to them, you know? Yes. Um, so I try to do that. And then obviously, you know, I aggressively stalk people too. So yes, yes, yes. (laughs) (laughs) But it's so true because uh, listen, when I tell people that, you know, you need to know who your listener is, 
they either get really overwhelmed or sometimes defensive because they're like, I want to talk to this person and this person. And I'm not saying that you won't have a variety of listeners, but you have a core central ideal listener that you need to tap into. Everybody else is byproduct listeners and that's okay. And that's wonderful that they love your show. But if you're not appealing to this person by, you know, how you write about your show in the show notes, how you title your show, then you're not going to grow that audience because you need more and more people like this person to see your show. So Erica does that really, really well. And, you know, I'm glad we were able to work through that rebrand from (laughs) Erica McAfee to Sisters in Laws. And it's okay to go through a rebrand with your Mm -hmm. podcast. I went through a rebrand. It's there's levels to it. So don't be intimidated by that. So guys, I know investing and trading can seem really intimidating and complicated, but it doesn't have to be that way. Episode 301 guest Terry Ajoma runs one of the top investing education programs out there. It's called Trade and Travel. It's an on-demand course with really thorough lessons that explain everything. And it also features weekly coaching with Terry herself and a very active private Facebook community. How do I know? Because I'm also a trade and travel student and trade and travel is helping me to break through the intimidation that I've always felt around stocks. So Terry teaches you the difference between long versus short selling. She teaches you everything you need to know about getting set up, where to invest, how to invest. Um, She teaches you how to trade stocks as a side hustle to earn extra income and how to set concrete goals, realistic goals, how to pace yourself. Trading is not something you need to do every day. Um, You know, Terry really shows you how to do it in a realistic side hustle way so that you're trading, but you're also, you know, having impact and making wise choices. So go ahead and learn more and sign up for the trade and travel program at sidehustlepro.co slash trade and travel. And I'll link to it in the show notes through trade and travel. You can learn how to trade as a side hustle and supplement your income with trading. So sign up for trade and travel at sidehustlepro.co slash trade and travel. One more time, that's sidehustlepro.co slash trade trade and travel. So who were some of the first sponsors that you worked with and how did the opportunity come about? Did you pitch them or did they reach out to you? I pitched my first sponsors using templates that you provided in podcast mobile (laughs) and um, particularly was just targeting brands that I knew my target listener and audience would really benefit from. So a lot of fertility companies, um, a lot of baby product companies that I would pitch to. Um, A lot of them were like, oh, no, at the time, you know, this was back in 2018. And then other ones were like, of course, of course. So those are the first individuals that I've pitched to. Um, But since then, I haven't had to pitch anything. A lot of the companies have been coming to me, which is a blessing. Yes. And I get to be selective on, is this a product or service that I want evergreen in my podcast that I can offer, you know, this code or discount or whatever to my audience. And it's a blessing to be in that position to offer that. So um, I just had a call the other day with two apps um, that want to advertise on the podcast, but it's like the same thing. Is this going to be beneficial to my audience? 
Is your messaging right around yes. Black maternal yes. health and social justice and reproductive justice? Yeah. And if it is, then that is a great partnership. But if it's not mm-hmm. and you all are, you know, just want to get in front of this particular group of Black women, then it's mm-hmm. not for me because I want to make sure that we're aligned on the same thing. And I want to make sure that our, my audience is, is getting products through sponsorship that are going to be beneficial to them, but it's really going to help them on their journey to becoming mothers. So that has been the transition from prior sponsors to the current sponsorship roll-up that I have now. It's so important. And I'm glad you touched on that because um, not all money, you know, is good money. You really, you will lose listeners if you have partnerships that just don't make sense, that are not aligned with who they are and what they value and, you know, what they need. You need to really understand that about sponsorships and getting sponsors for your show. Now, how do you balance your full-time job with the podcast? Cool child. That's Um, I think I've done better at this in the last two years. Before, I felt like I was going crazy, doing the most, Mm. um, you know, scheduling things here, you know, using an admin to do certain things. And then these last two years, it just kind of all gelled and meshed where um, I do have a podcast editor that I work with and have been working with probably the last three years. So between my podcast editor, the admin, and the YouTube editor, because we got that now. We're on YouTube yes, now. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yes I love it. Uh, um, we have a system in place that has helped manage and make time better. So, you know, having a Trello board set up on when things are due, how in advance we're going to post things and mm. just making sure we're just working the system. But yes. it takes time to get there. I mean, a lot of it you're going to mainly do for a bit yourself until yep. you get the system and you get the people in place that can help you navigate it. Having an editor help alleviate a lot of time. So paying for that editor in the beginning, you know, three years ago when I hired her, was worth every penny. And it's still worth every penny because that takes away time of me sitting down and editing. So when I knew I wanted to go YouTube route, it was the same thing. It was a more time thing on my part to be able to have that extra time to do all the other things I need to do. But um, taking time during lunch at work is something that I've learned from you and other side hustlers (laughs) on Cloud Hustle Pro. (laughs) Yes, yes. So using my lunch break to my advantage um, and maximizing my time there. And then I use the weekend. Sundays are my days to not only reset for the week for work, but also to kind of do a bulk of my things planning for the week for the podcast. So, okay. you know, getting things uploaded. You know, I t- typically have pretty much all of my um, podcast, you know, editing, emails, prepped, all that's done on Sunday prior to it actually getting published on Wednesdays, normally when I publish my podcast episode. So I try to do a lot of that bulk um, on the weekends. And it's it's now, obviously it's easy because I got the system in place, but before I was just, it was was just a a, a hustle. You had to take the time out, those extra hours after work to make it happen. Um, Now it's a little bit easier just because I have a team around me to help out, but it still doesn't, it's still work, right? It's a consistency muscle that you have to build. You know, some some of those days you don't want to actually press publish on a podcast episode. You still got to do it because that listener is looking for that episode. That listener is looking for that inspiration, that healing. And you want them to hear, you know, those people that you've talked to and you're, you're, you're telling their story. So 
Um, I try to balance it out as best I can. I think I'm better at it now than I was in the beginning. In the beginning, it was very chaotic. Um, I had to get a rhythm in place on exactly how I was going to do it, um, what I was doing, and really um, understanding my why. I think that's the biggest part of all the consistency is why you consistently publish an episode weekly or biweekly or within a season. You know, Mm -hmm. how is this going to benefit those who are who are listening when you put it out there? And at the end of the day, it's still work. So yeah, it is still sure. work. It, it's another job. Like it your side hustle job. is another job. Another and job. you do Absolutely. have to know that why. And, and that goes back to why, you know, as part of podcast moguls, like everyone has to identify what I call their perfect listener, because that's part of your why. You have to remember, like, you know, they need this and they're looking for this. And this is not about you anymore. You don't start your show just to talk about yourself because like you could just do that on your phone and, you know, save a little voice note. But if you're making a show, it should be about who you're called to serve, entertain, teach, what have you. So I'm so glad you mentioned that because that does keep you pushing because not every week is perfect. Even when you have a system, sometimes you don't feel like doing the system. You You just want to just veg. You just want to like relax and no one is holding you accountable but yourself, right? Like you, there's no boss. There's nothing like that but you. And so you have to like push through your procrastination or, you know, all of that to keep it going. The other thing that I would I also do to balance between full-time work and this side hustle is really looking at my email and evaluating, is this going to take a five minute response or is this like me sitting down and taking, you know, 30 minutes to an hour? Nine times out of 10, if an email comes in and I can quickly respond, I typically will do that. And then I set those hours that I'm going to sit down once a week or twice a week to respond to those longer emails that may need some additional information or um, a lot of things um, people may need from you are quick things that you can probably put in your notes and just and then just copy paste and get it to them. But other Mm -hmm, things do mm -hmm. require some more detail, especially if you're corresponding with the sponsor or someone who wants you to do some other type of information. So. I, I try to take out separate times throughout the week to do that. So Sunday is my bulk day is when I do a lot of my bulk material. Obviously, I, um, the podcast goes live on Wednesday. So then I'm also tracking it Thursday, Friday, Saturday to see how the numbers are doing. Um, also looking to see, if, you know, views on YouTube or people actually tagging it and looking at it. And then what other things are we doing to continue to market the podcast? So that's a continued thing throughout the week after work (laughs) to look at, to see how are we doing with numbers and how are we making sure we continue to put the information out there and these stories are being told in different places. And, you know, what I love about your show, too, is oftentimes people think of podcasts as like one or two kind of topics like you can have a co-host and y'all just talk about nothing and joke all day like that these are the podcasts that people tend to see a lot these days and they think oh I need a co-host or oh it has to be funny or it has to be this and you are a perfect example of the fact that your show can be about any topic like if as long as you've done the work to understand if this is something that people need are they talking about it what are they not talking about when it comes to this topic so like what gap would I be filling in with my show did you ever doubt if your topic could be a podcast I did in the beginning oh, did I you? Did. okay because, and why was that because at the beginning so when I started this podcast in August this is August of 2017 no one was talking about this in the black community 
Mm-hmm. On a podcast. I mean, obviously yeah. they probably wear articles and, you know, blogs right. and things of that nature. Magazines, like, yeah. Consistently talking about it on a weekly basis. I I was pulling people like I was <laughs> I was searching for people who would be willing to share. Yeah. They a lot of black women still don't share. We keep these stories close to our chest. It's right. something culturally that we do. So I was reaching out to a lot of nonprofit organization owners, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of folks who were already blogging and talking about these topics. Um, and those are the people that were willing to come and share. But it wasn't until November of 2018, when Michelle Obama's book came out and Michelle, our forever first lady, um, shared her story about experiencing miscarriage and going through IVF um, and fertilization, fertility treatments to have her two children. That is when people were like, aha, you know, like, so from then really into now, my podcast has been completely booked. Wow. Wow. Like I don't have weeks. um, And I was just thinking about this the other day when I was talking to um, one of my podcast editors that, you know, I really haven't repeated podcast episodes. And and the reason why is because there's so many people that want to share their story now. Mm. And um, it's something I'm doing this summer. Girl, I'm taking a break. (laughs) Yes. We're we're doing rewinds. (laughs) Do those rewinds. (laughs) We need to do the rewinds. So so we're doing that this summer. But still, I mean, because obviously I haven't, I I haven't really had, I had a chance to do it because it's been really booked since then. Um, A lot of people want to share. Um, So yes, I was very scared in the beginning because it was pulling teeth to get people. Yeah. And then our forever first lady opened the door and people, we love her. So people were like, if she's willing to share this in her book, I, you know, this is a platform now, let me go. And it's particularly dedicated for black women and women of color. Let me go up here and, um, allow Erica to share my story because she created this safe space for me to do so. And And it's it's been the biggest blessing because I get to share so many different styles of stories. They're not always successes, right? You know, we don't always get to that. Always a happy ending. It's not always a happy ending, but that story still needs to be told. So I'm honored that people still come and still want to share. And have you reached out to Michelle? I mean, she definitely needs to be in the guest chair. She sure (laughs) does. I I have those are like my top guests. Okay, Michelle, like, listen, I know Oprah, some of y'all listening right. are one degree from Michelle or might have worked with Michelle. I, I know some of y'all are powerful people, listening yeah. to this show. I know Michelle, some of y'all are to Oprah, the, in and the then office. I've added, I've added Kamala to my list because Kamala yes. has a story. She has, she has some stories. She, she, she I, I, has to I let us know. She has a story as well. So she's added to yes. the list of top guests that I would love to have on the podcast. And Absolutely. they will. They will be on the show because, listen, what you are building is a platform. Can we talk about this? The platform that podcasting gives us, you know, the opportunities and doors it opens up for us. Did you ever think that your podcast would open the kind of doors that it has opened? I mean, you've been featured in magazines, newspapers, on stages. Like, how did that come about, like, through the podcast? Oh, it's a blessing. People saying your names in rooms that you are you have yet to occupy. Right. I mean, that's really what has happened for me. And I'm always blown away that people know who I am or know about the platform. And I'm just like, hey, you find out about us um but yeah it's really people saying my name saying oh no right. you need to go listen to sisters-in-law so you need to go contact erica she is the person the go-to person to talk about this or right. to be able to share her thoughts on this you know um obviously we just came out of this ruling for roe versus wade and i did not realize how many people wanted to talk to me about this topic i mean right. I, I had- <laughs> 
yeah, yeah. I was like, I mean, because I posted a little bit, obviously, I posted about it, but I, I got inundated with a bunch of um, journalists and reporters and people just wanting to share, you know, my thoughts on it. And that just really showed me, oh my gosh, like really, this has been impactful, even in this space, you know, when we're talking about reproductive rights and reproductive justice and having loss and infertility be a part of that conversation is so important and so critical. But yeah, I would have never known that, you know, this, this, this platform, we, I started five years ago with just the hope of growing my family would yeah. turn into all the news features and, you know, going to the White House and doing all these other things. It has consistently blown my mind. And I'm just so honored and so humbled. (laughs) And do you pitch yourself like you've developed a media kit, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. So do you pitch yourself? Are there certain months devoted to your podcast topic that you kind of pitch yourself to be a speaker or commentator about? Absolutely. So um, this is pitch season for me. Um, October is a huge month for the loss and infertility community. So I normally start pitching now for opportunities um, in October during um, Pregnancy and Infant Loss Awareness Month to to get in front of people. So not only on media, which I've I've been doing a lot more, obviously, like actual news media, but also, Mm -hmm. you know, articles and magazines and journalists just say, hey, if this is something that you want to talk about or feature for October, you know, I'm yes. your girl. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, I'm your girl. So yes, I do still pitch myself, but I also, a lot of things just come naturally. Like I, I got, I, my, my sisters and loss was featured in, in, with BBC News in London. I would have wow. never, never would have thought, <laughs> even thought to people, pitch them, right? Right. Yeah. Well, the people over in London, like, <laughs> you know me, right? I mean, we had a full like two hour conversation with wow. them. They did multiple um, segments on us. And then they even did a 30 minute segment on just sisters in laws. Wow. And I don't think that, you know, I would have never thought that that would have focused on just pregnancy loss with black women in the United States. And that would mm-hmm. come from such a large organization like that. And I didn't even pitch that. That was someone who reached out to me, saw me and was just like, Hey, I yep. think that your organization would be a good fit for this story. And it turned out it was supposed to be something very small, And it turned out into this large, big, huge piece um, on exactly what loss and infertility is in the United States. So, yeah, I don't normally pitch myself, but when you do good work, you know, God blesses it. (laughs) Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I mean, I'm just so proud of you. I'm so amazed. Like, this is just that's well deserved. Incredible. I mean, you do you do like consistent, devoted work to this practice because this is your practice. You know, this is your your mission to this world and this earth. And I'm just so, so glad that the portfolio you've built, because that's what podcasting is, you guys like you are creating a portfolio on this earth, this catalog of what you can be called on to speak about. So when people Google, first of all, the topic, because we make sure that you have a Google-able topic in podcast moguls, but then also your name, the subject matter, we're making sure that you're including that in your summaries of your episode, you know, really robust things so that you are taking advantage of search engine optimization. So when the BBC does a search, BBC London does a search on pregnancy and infancy loss. And, you know, they start Googling about statistics and all of that. What's popping up your show over and over again. They're like, we need to tap into this. This woman is doing this work. Like she's had all the conversations that we're here searching, trying to have on the show on this segment. So 
I really believe everyone needs to start a podcast. <laughs> well, maybe not everyone. All right. Serious people <laughs> who are trying to build a platform and, you know, build a brand that can have such a large impact more and more people need to look into podcasting. I really believe it. I do. Your voice is needed, y'all. Your voice yes, is needed. Yes, your voice is needed. So before we transition into the lightning round, I would love to know, how are you continuing to approach the money aspect of podcasting, right? You talked about um, hopefully one day being able to scale um, to make it your full hustle. So what is your strategy moving forward to do so? So um, a part of what I've done over the last two years is pivot. So I've done a lot more um, education and training. Um, I've done a lot of training of um, doulas and birth workers and Mm. um, really talking about bereavement care as a whole and what that looks like. So um, actually, over these last two years, I've actually made more than my normal job salary in my side hustle. I um, love that. Love to hear I, it. But you keep the two and I, you stack. Exactly. You stack that money. Yes. Exactly. So, <laughs> so I'm going to continue to do that, you know, continue mm-hmm. to, you know, build up this training and education platform of Sisters in Loss. I've yes. partnered with other large organizations. We did a partnership this year with Postpartum Support International to offer um, maternal mental health, like grief support groups. So a lot of partnerships are coming through that'll help continue to build some grants have come through as well. Yes. So there, there are opportunities to yes. grow and continue to pour into to make that 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 next step, that leap. That leap is coming. It's the just, leap is coming. The leap is coming. <laughs> the leap is coming. Um, but but those are the main the main things that I really are pouring my energy into is really make, making sure that we're educating people and then that they're going out and helping and serving more people as well. So that is always the goal is to make sure that we are continuing to help serve and fight for and save black moms and babies. Point blank, period. Okay, so now we're going to transition into the lightning round. You know the deal. I know you know the deal. (laughs) You just answer the very first thing that comes to mind. Are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. All right. So what has been a resource that has helped you in your side hustle that you can share with the Side Hustle Pro audience? Um, Side Hustle Pro. Um, podcast and yes. Brown Ambition podcast. Um, I love Tiffany yes. Aliche. I love Andy. them. They are uh, they're like my sisters in my head. So um, yes. or my cousins. We gonna call them cousins. Yeah. So those two podcasts. Obviously, you're listening to this one. Go listen to Brown Ambition, and you'll get exactly the same thing over there too, from a financial perspective. Number two, who is a black woman side hustler or entrepreneur who you would want to switch places with for a day, and why? Oh man, this is hard. <laughs> uh, we we just gonna go. We gonna go with the one that I always look at. It's like my mentor in my head, my leak. Yes, my yes. Seal from Curlbox. I mean, who doesn't follow my leak? And if you're not following her, you need to. Um, yes. I'm a part of her mommy group too, and it's just everything that I didn't know I needed. And I, you all definitely need to tap into my leak, my leak, and all that she's offering to the world. So, oh leak, yes, for sure, yes. <laughs> Number three, what is a non-negotiable part of your daily routine? Coffee in the morning, prayer, and taking the time out to turn the TV off before I go to sleep at night. 
So I do a data dump at night that okay. helps with me with my self-care. Mm. And sometimes your mind is racing and sometimes you just need to get it all out. So turning the TV off, data dumping, and then obviously get up in the morning praying and then coffee. Coffee is necessary. Coffee's yes, life. Yes, yes. <laughs> okay. Number four, um, what's a personal habit that you think has really contributed to making your side hustle as successful as it's been? Knowing my why and why I'm doing what I'm doing, because at the end of the day, it's still work. And if I did not know why and who I was doing this for, I would not post this consistently. I wouldn't market. I wouldn't send those emails out. The podcast wouldn't be up consistently every week to week. So knowing my why is the reason why I continue to side hustle and, you know, eventually it'll be full time. Yes. And I'm so glad you reminded us of that, you know, because that is it. That is the core central motivator. All right. Number five, lightning round. That's not so lightning, but number five, (laughs) what is your parting advice for everyone listening who, you know, have an idea, but are scared to get started? I would just say, just do it. Like just start. You never know where it's going to go and where it may end up. And if you have to pivot, you still can pivot back. Um, But you really need to just start. The idea that you have, the dream that you have, that goal that you have, just do it. Put one foot in front of the other. Do not let anybody stop you. Don't let people be in your ears and just do it. That's the only way that you're going to get some success. And we have to fail, right? There are going to be failures. There's always going to be lessons learned in the failing too, but you have to do it. You have to start. Um, I always go back to a Bible verse, faithful white works is dead. And it's not, it is like, you have to take and actually do the work to, and actually step out on faith. So the work has to be done in order for God to bless it. Amen. Amen. And with that, Erica, so where can people connect with you and sisters in loss after this episode? Absolutely. Well, we're everywhere at Sisters in Loss. That's YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok. Girl, we on TikTok too. <laughs> and um, personally, I'm the same everywhere too at Erica and McAfee. Um, you can find me mostly on Instagram, but I'm also everywhere um, at Erica and McAfee. All right, you guys. So there you have it. This has been a phenomenal episode with Erica. I'm so glad that, you know, you guys are getting to hear more student spotlights from my podcast, Mogul Students. And by the way, if you want to learn more about Podcast Moguls, head over to podcastmoguls.com slash join. I will link to it in the show notes. And with that, I will talk to you next week. Hey guys, thanks for listening to Side Hustle Pro. If you like the show, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts. It helps other side hustlers just like you to find the show. And if you want to hear more from me, you can follow me on Instagram at Side Hustle Pro. Plus, sign up for my six-foot Saturday newsletter at sidehustlepro.co slash newsletter. When you sign up, you will receive weekly nuggets from me, including what I'm up to, personal lessons, and my business tip of the week. Again, that's sidehustlepro.co slash newsletter to sign up. Talk to you soon.